All right. It's week one of the college football season. I am ready to make these picks. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell us what some of these lines are, and we'll discuss it. Let's go. Okay, exciting. Uh, beginning of the college football season, 2018. Um, first game really of note that uh, we would want to mention here. In my humble opinion, uh, others may disagree, but this is our podcast, so this is the games that we're going to cover. Um, Thursday night. Okay, at 8 p.m., uh, Big Ten Showdown, first big one of the year, Clash, Northwestern at Purdue. Purdue given a point and a half to the Wildcats, over under 52 and a half. What are your initial impressions on this? Well, initially, I happen to think, you know, I'm looking at that over under, you say 52 and a half, I mean, that's, uh, I actually feel like they're probably going to go over on that. I don't feel like these teams are really going to play defense, especially not the first game of the season. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's how I feel. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, Purdue averaged 25.2 points per game last year, whereas Northwestern averaged 29.2. So you're looking at about averaging 55 points a game. Now, over under 52 and a half there. Um, I actually like the under on this. And the sole purpose being that first game of the year, defense is usually ahead of offense. Uh, you're rusty. Um, tend to be a little more sloppy first game of the year. A lot of unknowns. Um, now, conversely, you can have defensive breakdowns. But uh, the fact that we're talking about Big Ten football here, uh, 52 and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm going to actually go under on this number. Go under? All right. I mean, yes. I, I can definitely see that there. And how do you feel about the, you know, the spread there? How do you feel about that, though? Um, I actually like Northwestern here. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, he's done a great job since he's been there. In fact, they've had uh, 10 win seasons twice during his tenure. Um, they are always solid. Uh, last year, if you look at um, – the matchup between uh, Purdue and Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, uh, it was a home game for them, and they won the game 23-13. to 13. So, um, you know, it's, 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 at, uh, it's at Northwestern, or it's, rather it's at Purdue uh, this year, so could be a little bit of an advantage. I do think Jeff Brom's a great coach. Um, I like uh, Purdue's style. Um, they'll throw it around the lot a little bit. Uh, but as I said, first game, um, I think it's going to be tough. Passing yards going to be tough to come by. And Northwestern always seems very well coached. So uh, Purdue giving Northwestern a point and a half. Um, I'll, I'll take the point and a half in the Wildcats. No, I, I think Northwestern, I mean, I think they're a very good team. I think they're really solid. And I agree with you know, the whole Pat Fitzgerald thing. Um, I mean, I was honestly just wanting your opinion there because I don't feel like many people out there probably follow these teams, especially not in our part of the world here. So, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's pretty much all we need to say about that. And what's the next game here, dog? Okay, second on the slate, we're looking at Friday night here. Um, coming off a short week in which their defense looked dreadful against Hawaii <laughs> this past Saturday. They made Con them look so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado State will play Colorado. Uh, Colorado is given seven and a half to the Rams, and the over/under for this game is sixty-five and a half. You know, Colorado <laughs> runs that up-tempo offense. 
Colorado State's defenses look like trash. We know Mike Bobo is a, a solid offensive coach. We know his team's going to be able to score. Will they be able to stop anybody will be the question. This will be a 930 kick. Initial impressions? I mean, I mean, look, I think this game is going to be really high scoring. I mean, this matchup's usually really high scoring anyway. I think last year was the one instance where, like, it wasn't, I believe. I remember last year picking the over in this game, and I believe it wasn't. It was like a big disaster. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I don't I don't exactly remember. But I just remember it being a pretty high number last year, and I don't, think, I don't know if it came close. But um, I, I do believe, I mean, I believe I take the over in this game. I mean, just looking at how uh, Colorado State was able to come back in their last game against Hawaii, a game that they were pretty much dead in the water in. Mm-hmm. Um, they still, I mean, they still made a comeback. We're not saying Hawaii is like an amazing team here by any means, but, I mean, they made up like a 20-plus a 20, a 20 point deficit and had a chance at the end. So... I yeah. think that I think this game is going to be pretty high scoring, man. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, you can go ahead and say what you think there, though. Well, we from what we've seen from Colorado State's defense, uh, I have no reason to think that Colorado wouldn't <laughs> score on them. Um, last year yeah. was a little bit of a struggle. Colorado had a setback. They only scored twenty six point four points per game, and uh, they gave up to their opponents an average of twenty eight point two points per game. Um, Charles Colorado- Kelly coaching that defense, man. No. <laughs> No, uh, no, those are those are too good of numbers. If if his defenses with those Florida State athletes um, put up the pedestrian numbers that they did, then I can only imagine what he would do oh, with yeah. Colorado athletes. So uh, on conversely, on the other side, uh, Colorado State, uh, they last year they averaged thirty three point four points per game, average giving up twenty seven point eight. So you're looking at uh, twenty six plus thirty three, uh, fifty nine, about sixty points there. So, um, if you're going off last year, which obviously this is a new year, we're looking at 65 and a half. Both of these teams can score. Colorado State, first game jitters, maybe. You know, maybe yeah. they have that worked out. Maybe they're just garbage. But uh, <laughs> it's show and prove. And if it's first game of the year, I'll reiterate this, offenses can be sloppy. They cannot be clicking yet. 65 and a half, I'm a little scared by that. I'm going to go on, I'm going to take the under on that. But um, I like McIntyre. Colorado has been, have gone from being completely irrelevant to challenging or winning in one particular case, the Pac 12 South. So them giving seven and a half to Colorado State, it's a rivalry game. Uh, the, The hook there, it worries me. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to take Colorado State in the seven and a half, honestly. I think that having that one game under their belt is going to make a difference. I know they looked atrocious on defense. If they can get the offense uh, figured out, then maybe it can be a shootout. And maybe even if they lose, it could just it could just be by the touchdown there. So, um, yeah, 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 I'm going to go close. with that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think so far I'm going over on both, and you're going under on both. So that's pretty interesting. We usually don't have that much of a variance in our in our picks, but that's I good. think you would call this organic disagreement, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we embrace debate here, right? You know, it's like ESPN. No, <laughs> just like, no. Um, no. Um, no, I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, definitely the whole first game jitters and all that kind of stuff are definitely a concern. And also, I mean, hey, growing up, we watched all those Florida State-Miami games. So, I mean, we, we know what it's like to see really bad first-game offenses that make defenses look incredible. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, both these teams just aren't that great. Um, 
But no, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying there, though. I mean, we kind of disagree on the overs and unders, but, like, when the analysis comes into play, like, I'm, I don't really disagree with any of your saying. I think I'm just taking the over because I saw how bad that Colorado State team looked last week, and I think that McIntyre and his troops are going to be pretty good, you know. Um, so, you know, it is what it is there. Um, I mean, there's nothing else I really have to add. So, I mean, you want to tell me the next game, you know, we'll talk about that now. Okay. So next, uh, also a Friday night game, West Coast game. Um, two solid teams here. Uh, San Diego State at Stanford, 9 o'clock kick. Uh, Stanford, minus 14, giving two Ooh. touchdowns to San Diego State. Um, Over-under is sitting at 49. So not expecting a whole lot of offense out of this one. Two grinded-out teams, kind of <laughs> – Kind of intuitively might make sense. You're going to run the clock a lot. Might not yeah. see a lot of offensive uh, fireworks, if you will. So, um, initial impressions. I mean, okay, now, you know, maybe I'm kind of off here, but, man, doesn't San Diego State, aren't they pretty much like a like a lesser talented version of Stanford in some ways? I mean, they run pretty much the same stuff. They got usually have running backs who are going to get the rock. You know, they're going to pound it, um, meaning the rock. Um <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, I mean, that to me is a big number. I mean, it's not necessarily like it's a big number, but, like, that, that, that margin that Stanford's supposed to be winning by, that one kind of throws me off because I think Stanford's going to win the game. But 14, you say, is it 14 or 14 and a half? What would you say 14. again? Solid 14. 14. Opened at 14 and a half. It's since moved to 14. And it dropped a little bit, huh? Yeah. I mean, Stanford can win this game by 10, and, I, you know, it would be cool. They can win it by 7, it would be cool. I mean, I just don't know, man. But 14, I, I'm going to take – I'm definitely not going to take them to cover that. I don't think I'm going to. Um, maybe I'm playing up San Diego State too much. But that's a pretty solid team, man. I don't feel like they really shoot themselves in the foot very much. Um, they're usually – I mean, they're kind of conservative, but I think, you know, it works for them. You know, they're not going to go out there and just sling it around, I don't believe. Um, I know they're – I know they're, you know, they lost a running back last year. Uh, I believe it was was it Penny they had last year? Is that right? Uh, it eludes me right now. They, sure either way, that. this San Diego State. I mean, come on, they're like five fans would be pretty uh, angry. We don't I know Donnell right Pumphrey. Oh, Pumphrey. Reason. Yes, yeah. yes, that is who it was. Okay. Uh, yes, and he's not there anymore. Uh, I believe. Yeah, he's not there. Obviously. No, maybe not. Um, but with Stanford, Bryce Love. I mean, he's gonna be putting up mm-hmm. the stats. Yeah. And. He gets three touchdowns in that game, which would be easy. I mean, they can win that game twenty-one to zero, and they cover it. So, I mean, what's your opinion there? You probably know this a little bit better than me. Like, what's your take on that? He's something really special, man. I got to tell you, Bryce Love is um, averaging over eight yards a carry last year. I mean, just something ridiculous. Um, <laughs> like Dalvin Cook numbers, huh? No. <laughs> you would think that following all the great Stanford running backs that they've turned out, you know. Whether it be uh, Gaffney or uh, McCaffrey or uh, Bryce Love, now I mean it's just it's crazy how they turn him out at Stanford. But that guy is something special, and he is a legitimate threat to score on any play. And because he is on that team, and he deservedly should be a Heisman candidate, probably should have won it last year. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Stanford. Uh, I think 14 is a good number. Yeah. In real life, I wouldn't touch this. Uh, <laughs> but for the purposes of just making a pick here, you know, if it's forced choice, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Stanford to cover that. Uh, San Diego State is a solid team. Is a solid team. But uh, David Shaw, he's my man. I like David Shaw. Great coach. <laughs> um, like the way he carries himself. Um, intelligent. Yeah. 
uh, classy, and uh, like the way they play football. They're tough. They're tough every year. It's very solid. I'm going to challenge for the North. As for the 49 uh, over under, if I'm uh, if I'm going to take the over, or rather if I'm going to take Stanford and lay the points, then um, I think San Diego State can score a couple touchdowns. So I'm going to go the over actually on the 49 if – if I'm going to stay true to the uh, Stanford covering the two touchdowns, if they're winning by more than two touchdowns, uh, it's probably the over-under. It's over, 49. Yeah, I mean, so basically, I mean, yeah. I mean, both teams, I mean, either Stanford can put up 30, it'd be like 35-14 or, you know, 36, whatever. They can they can score. They can get to 30, I believe. Um, and it's just a matter of San Diego State can make up that difference, I guess. <laughs> And I think they can. I think I think they got two touchdowns in them, no problem. I mean, wouldn't you say two touchdowns isn't like isn't too far too much to ask from San Diego State in that game? I mean, come on, you know. I would have to think <laughs> that they they had fallen apart quite a bit. But, yeah. but first, you know, I'll just have to continue to reiterate this. First week, games are strange. They're very strange, and uh, you never not quite know what'll happen. That that year, I remember distinctly Stanford traveling to the East Coast to play. <laughs> Uh, Northwestern and they lost that game uh, 16 to 6. It was a terrible outing that day and they yeah. went on to have a, a 10 win year and um I believe uh win the Pac-12. So crazy things that's happen. <clears throat> yeah, that's how it always is with Stanford, man. It seems like they always have that loss and it's all doom and gloom and everybody starts talking about Shaw, you know, and his boring styles and then you know, fast forward a couple a uh, couple months, and they got ten wins, and everybody's all happy, and you know, all's right with the world. You know, so um, no, I totally agree with you there. I mean, I think I, I'm going under because I, I think both these teams are so slow, and they're going to hold the ball and milk that clock. And I don't really see many turnovers happening in this game. I feel like it's two disciplined teams, so I'm like, where are these points going to come from? But at the same time, I'm thinking more like a low scoring, grind out kind of game. That's why I'm kind of going under. I know 49 isn't a huge number; it's not really that much at all, but I was actually thinking something like I don't know, like twenty. I mean, I could, I could see a twenty-one-seven game, twenty-four to seven game. I mean, that's just how I feel. Something low. It'll be yeah. a good win for Stanford, but nothing too crazy. But that's just how I'm thinking. But you know, then again, I'm really banking on the first game jitter and just the fact that these teams aren't going to turn it over. So I guess we'll see what happens. But unless you got anything else to add, I mean, we can move right along here if you want. I respect that, and uh, I'm ready to move <laughs> on to the Saturday slate. And we're gonna Ooh, brisk get my these. guns ready. <laughs> we're we're going to um, uh, kind of rifle through these first couple here pretty briskly, and we'll stop oh, on. Sure. Um, we have a, a, a select few games of real interest, um, <laughs> perhaps more so locally, given that um, we're located in the southeast here. But uh, we'll, we'll go through these for some of them are just kind of for laughs here. We hope that anybody <laughs> listens to this will enjoy it. But uh, without further ado. Um, Noon kickoff, uh, Pam Ward special here. Um, <laughs> no, it is not actually a Big Ten game that no one is going to tune into. It is uh, Florida Atlantic at Lane Kiffin, the Lane Train, at Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, first year there. Impressive uh, season, Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy, college football playoff appearance. Just ever so close to beating Georgia and going to challenge Alabama. And um, who knows what might have happened, you know, had Alabama faced Oklahoma in that game and Hurts had struggled like he had. But that didn't happen. Uh, instead, now they're back home in Norman playing the Owls. Uh, they're given 21 
FAU. And uh, the over-under is 72. Uh, do you want to lead off on this one or do you want me to take it? I know you just said a lot, so I'll go ahead and start yeah, off ahead. if you want. Uh, so you say the over-under there is uh, 72, right? 72. I totally take I, – it's tough. I mean, I don't I don't see any of these teams having trouble scoring. I really don't. Um, now, with that said, uh, is it going to be a close game? Probably not. But um, I believe that, you know, Kyler Murray is going to put up some good stats this year. I mean, if he's going to run that same offense that Baker's been running, I don't see why he couldn't do it. Um, very mobile quarterback, very strong arm. I mean, hell, I think he's going to put up a bunch of points, a bunch of stats. Um, and, you know, Florida Atlantic, I mean, Kiffin, you know, he's always good for some scoring. I'm not going to say if it's going to be good. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they can play defense. I don't know how good the team's going to be, but I'm pretty sure isn't DeAndre Johnson going to be starting down there this year. Do you know that? Yes, um, I believe he will. And, I mean, they got some talent, man. I mean, they recruit out of Florida. I mean, they do well for themselves down there. Um, I do. I would take the over. And I, I, I think I think Oklahoma can get that 21 point, no problem. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be close. And <laughs> I think Oklahoma can put up 50, and I think that, you know, 50 plus, and I think uh, Florida Atlantic can put up 21 plus. I mean, they're going to score points. Yeah. I think I think Florida Atlantic I think of Florida Atlantic be as kind of, as being kind of like a Big Twelve team that's not in the Big Twelve so <laughs> they play the same style you know just everything like that I mean I'm interested to see what you feel about that though what do you think though um, for the most part I agree with a lot of what you said there <clears throat> Oklahoma you can deal with me stammering around yes I mean I know I'm kind of all over the place but you know I I got a vision here you know but no. Oklahoma, they could basically score at will last year. Kyler Murray taking over. He had limited action, but um, what he gives you with his legs, you know, if he can just um, be somewhat accurate and efficient and not foolish with the football and make a few plays in the passing game, then um, the, the talent that Oklahoma has at the skill positions and the innovative methods that Lincoln Riley finds to get um, unorthodox looks and get the ball into playmakers' hands, they're going to score. He's he's really good. Um, I also like the over here because I think Florida Atlantic is, is going to score as well. Oklahoma, it's show and prove their defense. We'll have to see on that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that the story every year with them though, man. Like, are they, like, if they if they can hold you, they can they can keep you down below thirty five. You know, I mean, they'll be a good team. But no. or, or with the Big Twelve in general, just the, it's kind of for yeah. all those teams. I mean, TCU sometimes they like to buck up and play a little bit bit of defense, and it's uh, jury's still out on Texas. But um, yeah, Oklahoma, show us that you can do something. But I like the over on the seventy two, uh, the twenty one. You know, that seems about right to me. Um, I think Vegas got a pretty good number on that. Um, if you're going to force me to make a decision on this, however, though, um, I th- I think that I'm just going to go ahead and go with Lane, go with FAU. I mean, conference champions last year, strong showing, um, first game of the year, nothing to lose, going to play Oklahoma, keep it within three touchdowns, Lane. I believe in you. Um, I'm glad you said that there because I'm gonna say like just for our listeners at home here, you are not picking Florida Atlantic to win. You're just picking them to to not get beaten <laughs> severely yeah. like that. You know, <laughs> it's like you gotta reiterate that. You know, we're not saying they're gonna win. Yeah, go ahead. It's like absolutely, absolutely. This Florida is not Atlantic a will certainly not go into Norman and 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 knock off Oklahoma. And if they do, this isn't uh, Oregon. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they'll certainly not do that. And if they do, then you know, Lincoln. Might his seat might get hot soon? Yeah, if um, they do, then maybe Lane Kiffin really is that damn good, you know. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. Alrighty. So, uh, also noon kick here. Revenge game. Texas at Maryland. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lined open at uh, Texas laying 10. Uh, now, uh, Texas is given 13 and a half to the Terps. Um, obviously, there's been some issues around the Maryland Yeah, program. I think people may have heard, yeah. I mean, if people out there, you may have heard some things been going on. I mean, we, we're not going to touch on that right now exactly, but um, if you haven't, you might want to do some research. You know, Google is free, so you can go ahead and find out what's been happening there. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so, so okay, so let's get into this. What, what do you think here, dog? <laughs> yeah, so. Why, uh, are you, why are you half-stepping? No. <laughs> DJ Durgan, um We'll see what happens with that. Not looking good there. That's that's not what you do, really. <laughs> that's uh, to say the least, right? No. <laughs> Heard he's on the hot seat for sure, man. But go Damn, ahead. Damn, it's hot yeah. in here. Um, all righty. So, Texas, uh, I think will be much improved season two under Tom Herman. I think Herman's a great coach. Uh, Maryland, with all the off-the-field stuff that's been going on, and plus they're not nearly as talented as Texas to begin with. I'm going to go ahead and take Texas to win by two touchdowns and therefore cover over under 53. Let's say over here. Yes. I do not believe in um, Maryland's ability to stop Texas, uh, (laughs) much like last year. Uh, And I'm not sure that I believe in Texas's ability to stop Maryland, really, given what the Terps did last year before they had all the the, uh, unfortunate – injuries at quarterback that left them very very thin there so um yeah yeah Te- texas laid the 13 and a half over on the 53 um that's probably the easiest one thus far <laughs> i completely agree i completely agree with you on every every everything you just said and also i mean um you know losing dirk and i know you know that's going to be an issue for the team i mean i say a team because anytime you lose your coach or you know you have an issue like this with your coach you know i don't know how focused your team's going to be but offensively they still have matt canada there and we both believe his offense is going to be pretty good i don't believe that sample size from lsu last year is a good enough you know uh, indicator of his actual skills and coaching ability um i think that lsu team has a lot more issues which we'll touch on later for sure but um I see no reason why they can't score at least 20 points on that team. At least 14. You got to think they can at least put up two touchdowns. And I think Texas is probably going to score 40-plus on them. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I definitely I gonna, I'm going to take the over on this one all day. I'm not even going to touch this. Let's just go right ahead to the next one, man. <laughs> okay. So, uh, perhaps one of the most interesting non-conference matchups <laughs> of, uh, of week one here. And of the season would be the 3:30 matchup between Washington and Auburn, um, neutral site game here. Um, Auburn giving two to the Huskies, over under set at 48 and a half. I'll let you kick this one off. Well, I mean, first off, you go ahead and quantify this one as basically being a pick'em with that uh, line. Basically, is that right? <laughs> Basically, in my mind, if you had asked me before I saw this line, I would say that it was pretty much a, a coin flip. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into those narratives about um, about the SEC and the speed and the dominance because, I mean, let's be real, it's Auburn. You know, no offense to Auburn fans out there, but, I mean, this isn't Alabama we're talking about. This is Auburn. Um, and maybe I'll look foolish by saying this, but um, 
Auburn to me just isn't some crazy powerhouse team. I think they're a very good team. Uh, definitely like, you know, I'd probably say they're probably second best in the West out there. And that's just a coincidence that that rhymes. I don't plan that. Um, so when I see this game, I mean, a two point, I mean, uh, <laughs> basically if Auburn just wins the game, you know, uh, you know, that'll be fine. But no, I, I'm not picking Washington to win. I don't believe in Jake Browning. Um, I've always called him uh, pop gun Browning, you know, uh, meaning a play on the old Browning machine gun, you know, as everyone knows mm-hmm. that. Uh, <laughs> I say that. Um, you know, in case our listeners at home aren't aware of, like, World War II era guns. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, so no, basically, I'll go ahead and keep this simple. Uh, I pick Auburn to win the game, and with this being a pick em, I'll basically take that. Uh, uh, I'll take them by, you know, the two points there because um, I think they're probably going to win by, I don't know, at least seven. I think they're at least going to win by three, let's be real. Um, I think Auburn's going to win the game. It'll probably be a pretty low-scoring game, so I, I don't know if i take the over, though. I think it could be pretty low-scoring, and not because this is saying Auburn's defense is amazing, but I just I just have my issues with Washington's offense. Um, you know, they, they try running some stuff that I just don't really think it's going to work against Auburn. Um, I feel like it's probably going to be the first, first game of the year. We can't stress that enough. I just think it's not going to be like an offensive showcase out there. Um and Washington's defense is pretty solid, too. Uh, I know they're losing some off the defensive line, and I know, you know, you can never predict first-game stuff, but uh, Jarrett Stidham, I think he's a good quarterback, gets happy feet. I think you agree with that as well. I'm sure you might want to go into that. But basically, I, I will take Auburn, and I'm not. I'm going to take the under. I don't want to ramble too much. So what do you think about that? Completely agree with both of those things uh, you said there. Uh, I will take Auburn <laughs> as well to cover that. Um, Washington stout defense, but Pop Gun Browning as your – <laughs> alluding to there um, you get any pressure in his face he's going to make poor decisions Auburn's defensive line is stout they are going to get pressure on him um, Jarrett Stidham second year in the system you got to believe he'll be more comfortable last year darn near made a playoff run Auburn yeah. I think is really going to be a challenger once again to Bama pretty much the only one until someone else shows that they're worthy from the SEC West yeah. Um, Chris Peterson, you know, going to have those guys coached up. They have a solid defense. And if you look at the past two years, opening up against a solid defense in Clemson, not good showings for the Auburn offenses <laughs> either years. So I'm also going to have to take that under on the 48.5 there. So I'll go under 48.5, and, and I'll take Auburn to cover the minus two. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. And then also, like, I, I don't want to take too many shots at Auburn. I mean, I do respect, you know, what they have going on there, you know, and it's good and everything. But, you know, I mean, come on, let's be real. You know, it's, I just don't – I mean, this game, I mean, everybody's talking about potential playoff matchup or this has, like, playoff implications. Why, it's true. I mean, basically, Auburn could lose this game if they take care of business and they beat Bama. I mean, they've still got a playoff chance. If Washington loses this game, I don't – I'm not too sure they can make it back into the playoff. You know, that's just me, though, but – just for reference from last year, Washington gave up opponents 16 points a game. Auburn gave up 18 and a half. So two very stout defenses looking at right there. It's about 35 points. Yeah, I do worry about Washington losing some off the defensive line. I know they had that Vita Vea guy. You know, the, I don't. I'm not sure if that's exactly how you want to say his name. Vita Vea, yeah, the pick of the Vita Vea, yes. And, I mean, he was, like, all-conference. I mean, he's an all-American defensive lineman. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I know he got all the accolades. You know, he's you know he's, he's definitely worthy of those. And, but I do know that I think they have a pretty good secondary. I say think because, like, you know how things change from season to season. You don't know, like, what's going to happen, whatever. But I still believe they have a good secondary. So I just believe it's going to be a defensive game. I think it's going to be a bit of, like, a slugfest kind of game. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't really think there's anything else for me to say there. How about you? Um. I'm really excited about that game. 
uh, really excited about that game. Uh, I think that it will make or break Washington's playoff hopes. Um, we'll see what they are. Uh, yeah. Browning could prove us wrong. Uh, but I really do. I think that uh, Auburn has the opportunity to do some special things this year if Stidham can stay healthy and um, improve his pocket presence a little bit. Then I think that their defense will be good enough to beat everyone except Bama. You know, you talk. Yeah. That's that's tough for anyone. Um, so yeah, um, I, I like Auburn there, and but I still think Washington uh, has a strong chance to win that Pac-12 North again. Uh, it's. <laughs> it's them and Stanford, you know, same old story. So I, I think that'll be a deciding game. That'll be an exciting thing to watch there. Yeah, it's definitely not like a gauntlet they got to run through there. Um, no, <laughs> um, no. And also, uh, one more thing here. I mean, and, uh, you know, I think Auburn's probably their biggest question mark, and, you know, they recruit well, and I'm sure they got, you know, I'm sure that this isn't going to be a real problem. But, I mean, as of now, is who's going to replace on Johnson, you know? That, yes. He was so important to that offense. So, I mean – if they don't have an established run game or if Washington's selling out to stop that run because you know they got a pretty solid defense, can still beat you, and that's going to be the question. Washington has a pretty solid secondary, so, you know, it being a pick em, I'm I'm going with Auburn just because that's how I feel. But at the same time, I mean, if Washington won that game, I mean, we're not going to be surprised. It's a two-point, you know, it's, it's two points, you know. <laughs> Basically, Vegas is still like, you know, they're even on the fence with this one. So, I mean, you know, I'm definitely taking the under, like we said, and I'm going to take Auburn. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to quote Lee Corso, but, I mean, it definitely will be close, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's uh, moving on forward here. We will go to West Virginia, Tennessee. <laughs> so, in this one. Okay. Uh, oh, get your banjos ready, dog. Yeah. You, know, you ready for this one? <laughs> the Hillbilly Showdown. <laughs> West Virginia. The Redneck Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. The West Virginia giving 10 uh, to the volunteers, the much maligned volunteers. Uh, for oh, how the mighty have fallen, man. Ooh, you know? <laughs> man, ever since that 2001 beatdown at the hands of Nick Saban coached LSU, really set them back about a couple of decades. Got to suck to be a Tennessee fan right about right now, but all my prior hatred and resentment toward that program really has dissipated. Now I just feel pity on them and uh would like to really see them get back to some sort of prominence only to be crushed again no doubt but also this was my childhood tennessee was good you had to go through tennessee to win the east in fact you might even have to go through florida neither of the aforementioned uh statements are true today and it's sad to see georgia running roughshod over that side of the conference both on the field and off the field in recruiting if you've been paying attention to the recruiting services lately including 247 sports composite I mean, hey, you know, um, let's see, how do I follow all that up? Well, basically, uh, you know, Tennessee, it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a rough year, you know, on Rocky Top. Um, I do think Jeremy Pruitt, you know, I'll try to be a little more, you know, um, uh, not as gloomy here, even though this is tough for me because I'm not a Tennessee fan either. Um, I grew up feeling the same way about Tennessee. They were always, you know, the big team. Everybody wanted to knock them off and – you know, you had Philip Fulmer recruiting, you know, all these great running backs, some linemen, and, you know, just whatever. But, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, things aren't looking too good for Tennessee. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, I think, you know, he's a fine coach. Uh, you know, but then again, we're yet to see what he can do as the head man. Um, it sounds like he has a little bit of issue, uh, you know, staying focused on football. You know, he has some <laughs> off-the-field things that he might, you know, need to uh, fix. But hopefully, you know, he's got that, you know, taken care of. You know, we need to make sure – if not, you know, I guess we might have another Bobby Petrino situation on our hands, but um, maybe not. He's always not. his we'll team's see. cheerleader on the sideline. Yeah, no no doubt, man. 
And I know TNC is going for that whole like you know save getting a saving disciple. You know you know he can recruit and all that stuff. But I mean hey you know we'll see what happens. You know. Um, but with that said, you know trying to you know get back on track here with the game. Um, I I think I'll take West Virginia. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll even take that margin. I don't think Tennessee is ready to compete uh, even with a team like West Virginia who's pretty. You know, I'm not gonna say mediocre, but I mean, if if Will Greer gets hurt, is that team winning more than five games? I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if Will Greer goes defense. down, nope. Yeah, if Greer gets hurt, that team is you know they're terrible. And that, I'm sorry if you're a West Virginia fan out there. I just don't, I don't think they got it in them if he gets hurt. And like honestly, look, let's let's play this logically. If you're a West Virginia fan and Will Greer gets hurt, I mean, like, what kind of expectations do you have? I mean, do you really think this team can do something? I mean, we're just trying to be logical here. I'm not even trying to be a hater at all. But if Greer gets hurt, what's that team going to do? I mean, honestly. That team couldn't crush a grape in a fruit fry. A fruit fry? <laughs> man, <laughs> no I, I botched man. that one, man. You need to work you know, on your insults. Oh, oh, Jason Brown there, if man, from last chance you. smack man. to uh, the uh, Morgantown faithful. Then uh, you might want to do it a little more eloquently. Yeah, hey, they couldn't crush a grape in a fruit fight, man. They yeah, couldn't bust know. a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying, man. It just got me all off track. I had to I hear you give that sermon down. about. I had to hear that sermon about Tennessee football. <laughs> kind of made me go off there. <laughs> I didn't know if you're dropping like a cutting a promo or not. I was like, geez, am I supposed to cut in here and stuff and say? Now, now, gentlemen, someone's got to have a level head around here. No, um, yeah, but no, no, no. Getting back on track here, like you know, get get uh, get the horses back in the barn here, man. Like, what are you thinking here? Go ahead and tell me, you know, because okay. I already know how I feel. Tennessee's I not try ready. to belligerently tell me. You're yeah. right on that. Tennessee's not ready. Uh, Pruitt, I think, is going to do fine. He'll have the defense playing great, I believe, by years in. Not sure that he has the horses to make them play at the level that a Jeremy Pruitt defense you would expect to play at, at least in year one. West Virginia can score. Holgerson's a sucky coach. Will Greer's a Heisman <laughs> candidate. So you would think that they would they would score a lot of points here, but I'm, I'm struggling to see Tennessee. Like, you don't know about their offense. You feel pretty good that their defense will at least be competent, but you don't know about that offense. And from what I'm hearing, Tennessee's really going to try to pound the football, uh, which very well Ooh, could work yeah. on a non-existent Virginia, West Virginia defense. <laughs> so uh, 61 and a half. Um you know, that's a little bit much for me. That's a little bit much for me. I respect Jeremy defense, Jeremy's um, defensive prowess. Uh, yeah. I think that he's going to hold West Virginia down, but I don't think his offense is going to be able to do enough. And Will Greer is going to be able to make just enough plays for them to cover the 10. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm under, rather, on the 61 and a half. Yeah, yeah, so going under. Yeah, no. And basically for Tennessee, like I know the stuff about running, but yeah, they're gonna have old what Guarantano at quarterback starting. I mean, I definitely have some questions uh-huh. with him, but at the same time, it's West Virginia's defense, man. Like, um, I'm pretty sure they can make uh, you know even mediocre quarterbacks look really good. So, um, and at the same at the same time though, I mean, you know, the game like this is hard to decide because like you know Pruitt coming over, like we don't know how that team's gonna be motivated. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna be hyped up. You know, it could be. A good half. If they do that, they're going to come out and get blown out. Who knows? But um, it's just weird to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of – I don't know what I said a minute ago. I got kind of lost in the whole, like, uh, you know, fruit fight thing here. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, I hope uh, – you know, it will be good for college football if Tennessee can get back to being somewhat relevant. 
But at the same time, though, for Tennessee, is relevant, what, eight wins to you, nine wins? Is that is that good for Tennessee, you think, at this point? I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, eight, nine wins. With going four and eight and losing to both yeah. Kentucky and Vanderbilt, not winning a conference <laughs> game. If you're Tennessee I mean, fans, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you've been stomped on. You've had, you've been peed on. You've been insulted. You've been the doormat of the SEC East. Now, you know what that feels like. Pick yourself up. Have some self-respect. How about you make a bowl yeah. game? Just make a bowl game for me. Eight, nine wins, just make a bowl game for me, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I meant like eight or nine wins, like, you know, like third, fourth year. You know, that, I think that's what Tennessee should be looking at right now. Third, um, fourth. No, I think that Jeremy, you know, within his first three to four years, I think he should be contending for the East and, and double-digit victories. The Now, let's keep in mind, Georgia's um, uprising – has been a more recent phenomenon, and the recruiting tear that they're on is ridiculous, and will, will probably squash the hopes of most other East teams. But for the most part, there's a lot of uh, you could call it parody, perhaps, or just a yeah. whole lot of average play coming from out of that East: South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, Vanderbilt, yeah. Kentucky, Missouri. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Who is it going to be? It's going to be Georgia, yeah. and who else? Yeah, and look at it this way. If, if Georgia's on that next level, I mean, if you're Tennessee, you only got to compete with Florida and South Carolina, which I don't think they're really that far off. You know, I really don't think there's that much separation between Tennessee and South Carolina other than a couple, you know, they got like a look. I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're, you know, right now you can compare them, but with Jeremy Pruitt, with two or three years from now, there's no reason why he shouldn't be on that same level as, as Florida and South Carolina is right now. Is that gonna is that is that gonna continue? Who knows? I mean, Florida with Dan Mullen. I mean, if they can't if they can't recruit, then I think Dan might be looking for another line of work here in a couple of years. But you know, we'll talk about that later. You know, at a later date. Um, let, let, let's not focus too much on Tennessee and stuff, man. Those fans, you know, I feel bad enough for them. You know, hopefully they'll be uh, well hydrated. You know, for that game because it might not be too good for them. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's move on to another game here, man. You know, I'm I'm tired of talking about Tennessee. You know. <laughs> College game day, their uh, love affair with these uh, traditional games. And I will admit, this one always is intriguing to me. I have fond memories um, from childhood games, riveting games between these two teams. Um, 7.30 p.m., uh, Michigan at Notre Dame. Um, Lined open, Michigan giving a point and a half to Notre Dame. (laughs) Uh, with an over-under of 47. Uh, as of right now, we're looking at Notre Dame now giving a point and a half to Michigan. Ooh. Line still at 47, over-under. Uh, for this game, I am uh, definitely feeling the under in it. Um, maybe I'm wrong with that, but, I mean, again, this is going to be a constant theme here. First game jitters, yeah. Also, I mean, Michigan breaking a new quarterback. Uh, Notre Dame, I mean, from what I saw from them last year, unless there's some sort of, like, you know, miraculous, like, change, I'm just not trusting the passing game they have. I really don't. I mean, they're going to pound the rock, and they're going to rely on pounding the rock and playing defense. I believe that's pretty much their strong suits right now. And I know they lost Elko. We can get into that later. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like taking the under and also – oh, if it's basically a pick them, I would probably pick the home team here. Um, but it's tough, man. It is it's really tough. <laughs> I don't feel like there's much separation between these teams. It really just believes in how much do you feel like Michigan getting, uh, if, if we're really going to buy into the improved quarterback play, especially getting a transfer. Um, 
if you really believe that, that that's going to make them that much better. I mean, what do you feel about this? I don't want to ramble on too much, just like you know, stating the obvious here, but what do you think? <laughs> well, thank you, Ingram. Um, I <laughs> would just like to point out a simple fact, and I don't want to oversimplify things here, but I would just like to point out that even though he's paid handsomely, Jim Harbaugh really hasn't won a game of significance since he's been in Michigan. He can't beat Ohio State. He's um, lost to Penn State. <laughs> He uh, hasn't represented in the Big 12, or I'm sorry, uh, Big 10 title game. Um, in Notre Dame, they were they were everyone's darling until November of last year when things kind of came off the rails a little bit there. Um, assuming yeah, that, hey, that defense. They played Georgia tough too, man. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Assuming that that defense, and Georgia hadn't quite fully matured there. Fromm was wide eyed and went in there and performed admirably. But He's a daisy faced rookie in that <laughs> game, right? Yeah. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> And he better yeah. be careful about who might be looking over his shoulder, creeping up on him in that quarterback race. Just we we'll, might reference that in a future podcast. But uh, sticking with this game, Notre Dame uh, minus one and a half. I, I like the Irish. I like the way uh, the momentum that they have. Um, I think that they're tough. They're physical. They play good defense. Elko gone to Texas A&M. That hurts. But Brian Kelly seems to really have reinvented himself after that terrible. Uh, four and eight season, I believe that they had a couple years back, and Harbaugh he hasn't shown me anything other than he can get paid <laughs> to win eight or nine games. So yeah, um, yeah I like uh, I like Notre Dame, and as for the over under forty seven, two really hard nosed teams that like to run the ball, grind it out, play good defense. I'll actually take the under under forty seven. Yeah. That's how I feel as well. And also, early, I may have misspoke. I meant to say, I was talking about last year with Elko, like Notre Dame's strength was the defense and running game is what it felt like to me. Yeah. So, like, basically with Notre Dame losing Elko, but Michigan gaining a quarterback that people seem to think can actually be decent, you know, um, which which is strange because Harbaugh is supposed to be this quarterback guru, like the mastermind of fixing quarterbacks and stuff, but it just hasn't really seemed that way, has it? It, so. it hasn't. It hasn't. He hasn't got a guy who – is all that talented, I believe. It seems to be more of a quarterback recruiting issue, uh, maybe <laughs> than a developmental issue. Yeah. Um, he, he had to rely on you know his defense being solid and a, a solid running game, and that's his forte, sure. But if they can get some quarterback play, Michigan could be really dangerous. But I haven't yeah. seen it, and he's had a few years now. So I'm starting to accumulate some skepticism about what he can really accomplish there. Yeah, yeah, no, and like basically, you know, can Shea Patterson actually like take that next step and step and is he gonna really help him or is it just gonna be more of the same? I mean, I feel like Patterson's more of his guy, like kind of quarterback, just watching like I mean we to go back to the last time he had a competent quarterback was in the NFL. I mean Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. So Patterson mm-hmm. can scramble, he has a good arm, you know, from all accounts. I didn't get to watch him play too much in college because, I mean, I wasn't tuned in to watch, you know, his team play, no offense. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's all on Patterson. Like, how can, how can Notre Dame replace, you know, how's Elko being gone going to hurt them and also how is Shea Patterson going to help Michigan? That's what it comes down to. Now, I might be stating the obvious, but, I mean, not everyone out there is a fan of Michigan or Notre Dame, so, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to know that. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. To get back on track, I'm taking the under there, and and uh, who'd you say it? Because it's pretty much a pick 'em. You going with Notre Dame, right? And and the under. Yes, I'm going with Notre Dame and the under. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I'm gonna take Michigan, and I'm also gonna take the under. I want to be a little different there, because I you know, 
uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll come back and bite me, but I want to give Harbaugh, I'll give him one chance in this game. If he doesn't, then I'm going to go back to bashing him. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'll give him this game to prove me wrong. But, no. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. What's the next game here? Okay. There's going to be a lot of red on the field in this one, <laughs> and uh, I'm not so sure that it's going to be all uniform colors because uh, this one could shape up to really, truly – be a proverbial bloodbath. Uh, the 8 o'clock game, ABC, Louisville playing Bama, neutral site. Bama giving them 24 and a half. Get you some, Louisville. Just absolutely backhanding them there, Vegas is. Over under 62 and a half. Repeat that. Alabama laying 24 and a half. Over under 62 and a half. I'll let you go first on this one. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it short and sweet here. Um, uh, Bama, you know, I, they're gonna cover that, I, I believe. And I would even take the over because I think Bama could put up 50 on this team, no problem. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think it's, this game is gonna get real nasty. Um, if Lamar Jackson's there at Louisville, I mean, I maybe give him a chance to make it look more respectable, but even that's not gonna change anything for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, look, we can either make jokes at the expense of Louisville and this matchup actually being billed as being like a, a worthy of prime time or not. Um, but I just don't see it. In fact, you know, this is me personally. That Florida State Virginia Tech game should have been the Saturday night prime time game, and this game should have been played on Monday because like nobody wants to see this bloodbath, you know. Um, or they should have put this like on like pay per view or something on Game Plan if that still existed. Um, ESPN Plus, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, this is like a Raycom special, dog. Like, nobody wants to see this, you know? Um, now, it'll, it'll, it'll do well in ratings. I know that. It's Bama. You know, their fans, you know, I'm sure Phyllis is going to be happy to watch this. She'll be calling Fine Bomb on Monday, you know, happy. Or, excuse me, on Tuesday because Labor Day. But, um, no. I mean, do we really need to waste our time? I mean, if you want to get a few jokes in here, go ahead, you know? Like, you got anything you want to say? You want to take some shots at Petrino? Like, mention Road Rash or, like, you know, motorcycle, anything? Like, neck braces? I mean, be my guest, you know? Well, I'll try not to stoop to the level that he would and beyond and has before. But uh, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say I'm going to take Alabama and lay any amount of points there because Alabama <laughs> is absolutely going to shred that terrible Louisville defense. Louisville has not shown the ability to play defense. Um, uh, Grantham had them wired up and, and playing in passion. Anger but blitzing, yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily playing discipline. Last year, Sermon, an absolute joke of a defensive coordinator. Um, they were sorry. With Lamar Jackson, you're going to have those kinds of seasons. I mean, talk about wasting talent there. Got to develop something <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, even if they were to go off against Alabama's defense, which few teams do, I mean, good luck keeping up when your defense is just getting run over. I think Alabama will absolutely be able to pound the ball down their throats, and there will be nothing that they can do about it. And I also like the over because of this, because I do believe that Louisville is going to be able to score a little bit. Bobby Petrino, yeah, yeah. offensive coach, his teams are always going to be able to score. Um, I like the over 62.5, and, and I'll lay the points all day on that. No, yeah, no, I agree, man. And also, you can't forget, man, you know, Petrino, he loves building up in those garbage time situations. You know, I'm sure they'll get a touchdown or two. Once the game's really far out of reach, he'll probably still be playing as starters, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But no, man, I totally agree. Um, this game is gonna be, uh, you know, if you're at home, you know, make sure I'd make sure you have, you know, some snacks and some drinks and just like, you know, just uh, 
just ignore it basically <laughs> like you know if you're espn and stuff i'm sorry but this game i mean you're gonna lose all your viewers by halftime when bama's up by 30 points or so so uh, <laughs> uh but yeah uh let's go ahead to the next one man i, I can't take any more shots of this <laughs> you know <laughs> sunday night miami lsu um oh <laughs> should be riveting uh, definitely a barn oh. burner uh, shootout here um the only thing that's going to be burning in my eyes, man, having to watch this style of football, you know. Miami giving up three and a half to LSU over under 47 go. Um, now, we've talked about this game for the past couple of weeks. I, honestly, probably for the last couple of months. I lose track of time here. But um, what, I, I'm going to take the under. Just going to go ahead and say I'm going to take the under. I feel like both these offenses are just, you know, it's going to be a sad display. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Um, this to me, I don't know how you, if you agree with this or not. Uh, this has a very Florida State Miami uh, vibe to it back in the day, like you know, back in our time anyway. Whenever these games are all hyped and you're like, man, this game is amazing, and then you watch it and you're like, ugh, like why did I do this? You know, I just wasted three hours of my life. But um, I'm I'm definitely gonna take the under, and if it's a pick 'em, uh, you know, it might be a bit of an upset special. Maybe it's just me being a hater or whatever. But I'm I'm gonna take LSU. Uh, I have I really have no reason to do it except for this game is kind of like a pick 'em anyway. I'll take LSU, and I'm going to take the under. And um, honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if, if okay, if Malik Rozier can actually can uh, complete a pass that's over 20 yards. You know, I'll, I will tip my cap. You know, and we'll see what happens. But I just don't see it happening, man. Uh, Miami has defensive line issues. I don't know what they're going to be doing at running back. Rozier just doesn't do it for me at quarterback. Um, they got okay receivers and stuff, but heck, you know, I mean, if you have no quarterback, why does it matter? Uh, but yeah, uh, what do you think, man? You can go ahead. Well, um, got to be a troubling prospect to think that <laughs> Malik Rozier has locked down that number one quarterback spot. You would hope to have had a little more out of Nicosi Perry um, thus far. Yeah, I heard that haven't. he looks so bad. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not good. <laughs> this one. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you there. No matter how you slice it, going to look ugly. Um, Miami laying three and a half. I could see this easily being like a 13 to 10 type of game, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, think that's no a joke, pretty man. good line that they have set there as far as that um, 47 goes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the under. Um, I think I think that this could be a case right here of a, a quarterback that doesn't finish the season with one team and a coach that doesn't finish the season with the other team. So I'm gonna go under the 47. Uh, I think that's two 47s I've gone under on, strangely enough. And I'm gonna go ahead and say that LSU plus three and a half. I I like them just strictly because of the offensive woes of Miami. They were disastrous down the stretch. And no, it, man, no, totally yeah, agree. You know, until I see something <laughs> different out of the quarterback position, it's. It's hard to it's hard to believe in them. Great defense, great defense. A lot of it was luck last year, though, and that can't that can't sustain. You're gonna have regression to the mean, and um, and they're 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 fortunate to win double digit games last year. So we'll we'll see how that yeah. one goes. Surely not gonna be pretty, but I like LSU in the under. Yeah, no doubt. That's how I feel as well. Um. You know, maybe over, maybe we're just oversimplifying things here. Maybe we're not. But, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, look, I have no faith in, in backing a Coach uh, O team. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, that's like a death wish, you know. <laughs> but, 
Um, at the same time, I mean, it's my this Miami team just doesn't really impress me. The turnover luck is it going to continue? I just don't think it will. You know, maybe that's just me again being biased or being a hater or whatever. And I don't, you know, I can respect Miami in some ways, but I mean, you know, people are trying to build them up as being this amazing force. I'm like, it's just turnover luck, man. You know, from your like like from last year to this year, is that that turnover luck? If it if it sustains, then I mean, good lord, you know, um, <laughs> then maybe they just really are that damn good. I don't know though, but um. I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm with you there under, and I'm taking LSU. So unless you got any other shots you want to take at anybody or you got any other analysis, I mean, I'm ready to go on unless you got something else to say there. Uh, we just surpassed 52 minutes, so uh, we're going to get this final game in here and to wrap this up. <laughs> um, Labor Day night, big showdown. Um, Hokies and Virginia Tech going to Tallahassee, face off with FSU. Um, Florida State laying seven and a half, and over under 57, been pretty stable. Actually, it opened at 50. Pardon me. 57 now. Um, I'll let you go ahead and start off. Uh, well, um, when, I, when I look at this, I mean, the first thing I think of is, like, Virginia Tech, all those, uh, you know, whether it be injuries, suspensions, breaking in new players, and having to start on the road at Doak in a night game. And it seemed like everybody's going to be pretty hyped up, you know, blackout uh, uh, conditions, you know, situation there. Um. You know, I'm. I just feel like I feel like this game is going to be high scoring. I can see why the line went up because I feel like both these offenses are going to be, you know, moving the ball all day. You know, Florida State has linebacker issues. Um, there's still some questions with the defensive line. I know everybody's high on the defensive line, but I mean, you know, we both kind of agree that there's some issues there, or you know, maybe not issues, but just like our players are going to step up and play to their ability. So you know, that's the best way to put it. Um, I believe in DeAndre. You know, Florida State's running backs are going to be amazing. Uh, Virginia Tech, I mean, jo uh, Josh Jackson, excuse me, uh, he's just captain check down to me. You know, that's no disrespect to him. I think that's more like Fuente's offense. Again, he's another guy billed as a quarterback guru, offensive genius. When you watch his offenses, it's just like archaic football to me. Um, they run RPOs and stuff. At the same time, it's like the dude throws a five-yard pass every player. They just try to pound the rock. And Correct me if I'm wrong, they haven't even had a solid running game there in what? I mean, years. I mean, when was the last time they had a running back even approach 1,000 yards, you know? Well, with having said that, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Um, no, not really. Uh, I'm just thinking about if we're, we're going to edit this thing down, you know? <laughs> Basically cut the time down, but no, that's it. <laughs> well, I think that was a pretty good recording, and as always, we want to thank our sponsors, and uh, we will talk to everyone uh, next week. Signing right, sounds off. good. Yep. I'll talk to you later, dog. <laughs>